three, two, one. I'm Jennifer Zick, and I'm so delighted to be back with you on the System and Soul podcast as a guest host. When I'm not here on the podcast, I'm the CEO and founder of Authentic Brand. We are a community of fractional CMOs that helps growing businesses to overcome random acts of marketing and confidently take the next right step in healthy growth. I absolutely love the work of System and Soul and how they're helping entrepreneurial organizations and leaders and teams to embrace both the process and system side of running a healthy business, but also so importantly, the heart and soul of the organization, the culture, the people and the relationships. Um, And at Authentic Brand, we're big believers that building a healthy brand needs to represent both sides as well. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by my very good friend, Kate DeLeo. She is a master in building powerful brands through branding and messaging work. And might I say, just giving her an unexpected um, extra prop here. She was the messaging expert we brought in to work with Authentic Brand when we were about three years old finally knew who we were and needed help to get it out of our brains and into something that made sense to the rest of the world. So Kate is just a dear friend and our ally partner. And Kate, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be here. And uh, I'm a huge, uh, passionate follower of System and Soul as well. And my clients have leveraged it. And so I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, tell me just briefly, explain to our audience what it is that you do for your business and who your business is. Sure. So I run a company called Ennoble. We are a brand strategy firm and I am a full-time solo entrepreneur actually. And really the the whole purpose of my work is to serve founder-led organizations and help them develop brand messages that really are going to resonate with their target audiences and ultimately enable them to win more work. That's really the goal. And predominantly, Jennifer, I serve that smaller business to mid-sized category certainly work with enterprise level clients as well, but the overarching philosophy and the overarching piece that ties it all together is really working with founders who have a passion for deeply resonating and reaching their target audiences. That's wonderful. And I have to say, Kate, you have a true gift. And I mean this because my background is branding and marketing leadership. You have a true gift for getting into the founder's heart and mind and the, the visionary land of chaos. (laughs) and helping them decide for themselves what words are going to convey their purpose for existence and the difference they make in the world. So I love you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Let's back into this by starting with the the basics, because Mm -hmm. as it turns out, the basics of branding aren't necessarily like a common ground that people universally understand. A lot of small businesses believe that they did their branding when they had a logo designed and picked their color Correct. palette and picked their fonts. But you and I know uh, the brand is never really done and they're missing something in that definition of brand. So help us unpack that a little bit about how would you define brand and how do you sure. founders need to think differently about it? So great, great question. So I think first off, what's important to recognize is when we hear this word brand, it's very nebulous. It's very fluffy, isn't it? It just seems like this intangible thing to most of us as business leaders. And you know what? 
that makes sense. I think most of us immediately gravitate to the visual side of branding, which of course is important. Your logo, your colors, your visual presence across the digital landscape with website design and advertising and photography and all of those pieces. But brand is much more than the visual side of how you show up. It is also the promise that you are making to your customer. It's really the way in which you show up in the world with basically authentically being you with a message that deeply resonates with your audience as well. And so my slice of the pie that I try and help clients understand is looking beyond the landscape of just the visual side of brand, Jennifer, it's to ensure that you have a message that's really going to get the right prospect to the right table at the right time. That is actually the goal of your brand messaging. Mm -hmm. And I love how you speak to brand in a way that supports your purpose for existence, which is helping clients win more business, the right kind of business. Um, But I'd also say it's interesting now, I think companies are also waking up more in the ongoing of COVID world than ever before, that brand is not just how you talk to and keep promises to your buyers, but also your employees. That's right. Your prospective employees. That's right. Are you seeing that come into more conversations with your clients as well, brand as it relates to the messaging to other stakeholders besides customers? Absolutely. I would say in the last two years, especially what's been very fascinating to see and rightfully so, and I'm excited to see this, of course, is that we aren't just as concerned with revenue, right? You know, I think so often, again, in the business world, it's bottom line, bottom line, it's sales and this and that. But if we take a step back for a second and we really think about growth of an organization, what companies are realizing is that growth of an organization also hinges on their ability to really attract and retain top talent. And not only that, they have a responsibility to improve their bottom line by also ensuring that processes improve, that stakeholders are bought in, that partnerships are aligned, that channel partnerships open up. And all of that stems from having a brand that's going to resonate with all of those key stakeholders. I'll tell you that very often we we focus on the selling side of brand language. So for example, a great tagline that clearly states what you do, right? Or having a great value proposition statement. We hear this terminology a lot, but what we often miss is the opportunity to recognize that the same selling language you develop in conjunction with certain pieces such as your mission and vision statement and brand values, when you pull those together and you get those in front of your employees and your partners and strategic stakeholders, you are giving them an opportunity to embody the brand and champion the brand. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, companies recognize that to grow means that they need brand champions inside and around their organization, not just customers who are loyal. That's a perfect setup for the next piece of our conversation because embodying and championing a brand can't happen well or authentically if you don't connect to that brand at a heart level and a belief system level, right? Right. So we're here on the system and soul podcast, and we could talk at length and a lot of marketers do, and it's good stuff about branding and messaging process and frameworks and approach. That's good stuff. And we can talk more about that, but we could also argue that the true artistry of brand building and messaging is connecting the heart and soul of your organization to the hearts and souls and minds of all the stakeholders that will help create healthy growth for your business. Right? So in the work that you do, um, because I've seen the work you do and you're a magician with it, um, Talk about the role of soul and heart and feeling as it relates to putting language into words around a brand. 
Sure. Okay. So, and again, there's, you know, brand, it is part science. We love the science of it. I take a very formulaic approach. You've been through the process. You know, my clients love that they can write a brand that is A plus B plus C. It's, it's easy to understand. And, that, and all good brands should be easy to write and understand from that standpoint. But where you can miss the memo, to your point, is if it's so black and white or it's, it, it, it's so corporate speak that it doesn't have any soul to it. And so how do you do that? Well, there's two big things that I think organizations really need to nail down in order to ensure that their brand clearly evokes who they are and clearly resonates with the heart of their customers. And the first thing that you need to do is understand your tone of voice. How do you show up in the world authentically? So I always give this example. I said, okay, if you're a blue pen, we can't write in a red pen. But our tendency is that we see our competitors around us, we see companies we love to emulate, and we want to write in their color pen. <laughs> well, what a disservice that is, right? So you have to own your tone of voice. You have to own who you are and actually decide how you show up in the world. Oh, Make a decision. I love the word. I love the word decide. It's so true. So many businesses have never decided a lot of things. That's but. right. About their brand and their voice, yes. That's right, you have to decide. And when you're writing your brand, it is the perfect moment for you to make decisions on who do we say that we are and how do we actually show up in the world? And by the way, I've had clients that say, well, let me go do customer research for five years and come back to you and I say, okay, that's great. However, can I be honest with you? I think you kind of know it, don't you? I think you do know it, but part of this is we have a slight fear that by deciding we're gonna miss out. By deciding how we show up in the world, we, might, we have FOMO. We're like, oh, but I'm leaving revenue on the table because I should be a chameleon with my brand and speak to everybody all the time. And that leads me to the second thing. Great brands not only decide who they are, they decide who they're going after by clearly defining target audiences and not just simply saying, oh, we have these eight buyer personas. I'm like, if you have eight buyer personas, Bob, that's a lot of personas. Let's break that down for a second. Who's the majority of who you're serving? And the second piece to this puzzle around defining your audience is not just simply saying, who do we think we need to target, but who has a, the deepest level heart pain that we actually can solve? Mm -hmm. Because when you understand who has the biggest pain, that's when the connection happens. And instead of your message then being, oh, we provide these products and services, it's saying, here's the bottom level heart pain that we solve for you the client. Oh, by the way, how we happen to do that is through these products and services. That's the secret to the art of branding is flipping that narrative to lead with the heart, then saying how you do that is through your products and services. Oh, so the it's other way around. soul and system, not system and soul when it comes to brand. It is. <laughs> it is. It. I'm over here. You, <laughs> you can see me if you're watching the video version of this clapping, air clapping on screen, because Everything you just said is the gospel I preach all day long to the clients we work with as fractional right. CMOs, these beautiful, brilliant founder-led companies that are growing often despite themselves and have never decided. They've never mm -hmm. decided who they are differently from competitors, what their, how they convey their values in their tone of voice, and what are the life-changing uh, impacts that they make in the world. And then owning that and then speaking to a very targeted audience, right? That's where healthy growth comes from. And thank you for, thank you for backing me up on that, Kate. I know You're you welcome. Guys, I know we see a lot of entrepreneurial businesses every day. So yeah, in our share. 
Listener, I know you're enjoying this episode with our friend Jennifer, so I'll be brief, but I've gotta fess up. We screwed up big time. Me and my business partner, Chris White, we've done all the wrong stuff when it comes to running a business. We've hired too quickly, fired too late, wasted resources, picked the wrong objective. The list is long. It goes on and on. I won't bore you. Here's the thing we've learned, though. I think it'll save you some of the mistakes that we've made. The only way to fight the chaos and complexity that is constantly coming at you is to get clarity and control over your business. Over 20 years, Chris and I have seen it all. The more businesses get stuck in the chaos and complexity, the harder it is to grow, stay healthy, and sustainable as a business. That's why he and I created System and Soul. It is the only business framework that helps you run better systems and do it with the soul of your business in mind. We want to help business leaders like you find breakthrough. If you're ready, learn more at systemandsoul.com. And hey, we're training new System and Soul coaches right now. If you're an experienced business leader and you believe you can help leadership teams overcome their mess, we would love to talk with you. We've got a few limited seats in our training cohort, so do not wait. Learn more at systemandsold.com forward slash coach. Okay, so we talked about what brand is, and Mm -hmm. it's bigger than, brand is bigger than demand. It's bigger than the aesthetic. It's the promise you keep to everybody in the world that should matter. And it's every touch, every stakeholder all day long, right? Mm -hmm. But underneath this kind of elusive concept of brand is a more tangible concept of messaging and underneath messaging, the content that your business produces. So messaging, I would say, I understand it as a framework for storytelling. And out of that framework come all the different angles and pieces of content that might hit across your channels and, and assets, right? But a lot of businesses have done some work and invested in defining their brand. They've made some of those decisions, but they've never gone further in developing a messaging strategy. And as a consequence, their story gets out into the world in a lot of different shapes and forms, and it's not consistent. So share with me how you help entrepreneurial businesses think about moving from brand to messaging framework to consistent messaging and content creation. Great. So it's a big question. I'm going to do my best to answer this in a couple layers here, a couple quick parts. So, and I'm sure you and I could talk for 10 days on this, Jennifer. We know this. Okay. So um, I think we have actually, anyway, um, what I want to kind of address is the first part, which is the way that I speak to brand, the way that I teach brand is through what I call kind of an architecture model. And what I mean by that is that your message has very specific parts. It should have a clear tagline that states what you do. It should have a clear value proposition statement that says, here's how we solve your deepest level heart pain. And it should have differentiator statements that clearly say one, two, three, four, or more. Here's how we're different and better than the rest. Now, if you nail that messaging framework down, here's what's interesting. By doing the work of creating that front end selling language, that front end framework for your message, it becomes the exact framework that you should be using for all of your supporting messaging, whether that's blog posts, email, social posts, white papers, periodicals, podcasting, you name it, right? When we think about content, it's broad, it's wide, and it is very deep now what what the ways that we can touch and connect with our audiences. The most common way that I try and help clients understand this is you've defined the problem that you solve and you've defined the ways that you're different. Why not use those as clear buckets under which you can develop content? 
For example, I had a client and they defined three differentiators that clearly said, here's how our SaaS product is different. Okay, great. Well, instead of trying to come up with blog posts all over the world about any popular thing related to SaaS, I said, what if you could actually bucket the types of blog posts under those three categories and speak to the ways in which you get passionate and excited with use cases about how you solve that specific problem for somebody or how you're researching XYZ specific detail on that particular topic. The result of that is instead of my client trying to spit, feeling that they're spinning their wheels, coming up with content in all directions, they began to produce more content, shorter but more consumable content. They began producing more often. Their readership went up. They began to find people converting from the blog post to go to the homepage and fill out the form. All of a sudden, what happened is, is instead of content just being content for content's sake, Jennifer, mm -hmm. content became an extension of their brand and their brand is an extension of their content and it worked together. That is the goal. That's brilliant. And when you come from your own center to architect your content strategy, it's authentic to your business and it re-supports that whole narrative rather than coming from content to try to fuel your brand strategy, right? Because exactly when you're right. looking at the whole world of content, you're more likely going to just become a copycat content creator. You know, you're seeing what your competitors are creating. Now you're doing something similar and trying to put a twist on it. But when you come from your brand heart and soul and then create content out of what's already true and what you're passionate about and the life-changing impact you make in the world, that can't be copied. Nope, it can't. Here's the other piece that I think is important to call out. Remember how I said you have to define and decide who you're going after? Yes. Okay, so that's super important. A question that we all need to be asking is not only who are we going after and why, and what's the bottom level heart pain we solve for somebody. Here's the next question that also impacts your content. What rooms are these audiences already showing up in digitally or in person? Yes. Amen. Said differently. If you're in B2B services and your audience is not on Facebook, why are you spending time on Facebook posts when you should be getting into the zoom room and the CEO mastermind? Yes. I want companies to think differently and decide that their brand is fluid enough that instead of having to write blog posts every day, if nobody reads blog posts for your business, show up in the room and deliver a simple 10 second pitch. Yes. If that's what gets somebody to the table to want to do a demo with you, for example, get in the room, decide how many prospect calls you're going to do a week, how many events you're going to get on. This is where, by the way, marketing and sales then align. So instead of content over here for content's sake, content from the marketing side fully supports content from the sales. You begin to work in tandem. And that's what we want to see is that brand is an extension of revenue generation. Yes. I shouted amen there like I'm sitting in <laughs> church listening to you preach because so much of what you're saying from the vantage point of the work you do is exactly what we say from the vantage point of the work we do as fractional marketing leaders. And often what happens is my first conversation with a founder trying to sort out what they need, they're asking me these low-level tactical questions that to them seem really important. Like, should we be on Instagram and Facebook? And what about TikTok? And what they have not done is answer the foundational fundamental questions. And the way that I explain it, which is just another way to say what you've said here, is first, your company has to answer, your, you as an owner, founder, and your leadership team has to answer, what is our life-changing purpose for existence? And if you don't know that, 
Why are you in business, right? Mm -hmm. What's our life-changing purpose for existence? And underneath that, then who should matter to us? Yes. Why should we matter to them? Yes. And then how do we naturally intersect their world? And you said perfectly, what rooms are they in digitally or physically? Like, how do we naturally intersect their world? Yes. And then the next piece, and I'm, I'm stealing the show, but it's only because I know you agree with me, is the next question then is, then how do we give them something of value? Not how do we- Yes. Yes. Amen. Tell me more about how you help with that. Well, really what that becomes then is a conversation of not trying to drive ads. Now, by the way, I'll tell you, I work with so many technology companies and advertising makes sense. So please hear me on this. I believe in the power of advertising. I believe in the power of every marketing tactic that's out there, but it's about the right tactic at the right time for the right reason. So if we know that and we pull back, the big thing that we need to understand is customers want to trust you. Yes. And the only way that they trust you is if they feel that you care. And the only way that they feel that you care is if you are open and honest and kind enough to decide that you're going to give them a little piece of something that's going to benefit their soul. Yes. You have to decide if you're a soul-based company, system and soul, they are willing to touch their soul first before a transaction happens. And let me tell you, if you decide to do that, it shows up in teaching a 20 minute workshop where you're actually giving practical tips. It shows up in running a podcast that people listen to where you're actually giving practical advice that somebody can turn around and implement. There's nothing that says that by giving away your quote unquote IP or secret sauce that people aren't going to buy from you. It's quite the opposite. What you've done is you bought them into that. Yeah. And so by me writing my book and telling everything that I do for branding, what do you think that's done for me? It's, it's done the opposite. It hasn't prevented people from buying. It's actually pivoting them around to go, I love it. I'm, but guess what? I don't have the time to do it myself. Can you help me? You know, this is the thing is there are people buy from people they trust and no care. So that's you right. start with caring, Jennifer, you're going to attract the right audience. That's right. That cares as yeah. well. And any business that is, that truly foundationally believes in, in the system and the soul aspect of their business, they're not just trying to transact, right? They really, they're, they're trying to connect with something deeper, right? That's right. Just what's in it for them. And so, and yet maybe because they haven't heard this message before, they're approaching brand and marketing um, from the bottom up from activating tactics and hoping something sticks so that maybe they can get in the room with somebody and then build trust. Really, it happens the other direction. It happens with how you started this conversation. Decide who you are. Mm -hmm. Be authentically yourself. Use that voice. Decide who you're serving and who you're not. That's a big part of it, right? And then help them, truly help them. It's really coming down to, and I, and I share this with my customers and, and, this is the foundation of, of everything that I teach is that really at the end of the day, business is a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not a transaction. And the job of your brand is not to sit here and tell a complex story that is like a one-way monologue, spewing details at somebody, shouting like a megaphone, hoping that they catch all the important fe- features and benefits of what you offer so that eventually they want to buy. You know, the job of your brand is to systematically invite somebody into a conversation that each piece of your message provokes them to want to know the next layer, to want to connect with you, to want to ask, what do you mean by that? Tell me more, tell me more. Can I talk with you about how that could solve my pain? If your brand creates conversation, you've hit the sweet spot of moving beyond transactional marketing into soul-based marketing. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. And I have, I know we're getting short on time and you and I could talk for 10 days in yes. a row and we, we should just stage that marathon because it'd be epic. That'd be fun. I'll come to your office. I know yes. where you're at. Yes. That sounds good. Um, but I have one last little question for you. It's not little, but maybe you can give us just a little bit of a response on this. And I'm saying this as a founder myself, my company's almost five years old and you know, cause you walked it with us that we've been through some messaging evolution. When I started yeah. the business, I had a hypothesis and a vision. And then that hypothesis got brought to market and iterated and changed and evolved and the language changed and my positioning changed. And, you know, as any founder led company, entrepreneurial company, you go through cycles of evolution where suddenly you realize this is who we have become and who we are becoming in realizing our vision. Right. And your message is not set it and forget it. It's not just branded and done. And here's your messaging playbook for the rest of your life. So correct. You work with growth businesses. I am a growth business. I know that in the future, we'll have to revisit our messaging again. So what are some indicators for a founder and their team to know it might be time to revisit the messaging and ask yourself again, who are we and who are we becoming? Great. So a couple, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a beautiful way that you know your messaging is working when you see it, two couple things. Number one, an increase in qualified prospects that come to the table and AKA convert. And number two, you see a huge impact on sales cycle time because the readiness of that prospect at the table is that they're further on down the pipeline. So you know your brand messaging is working when you see those two things shifting. If you on the opposite side are beginning to feel like we're not getting qualified prospects, gosh, our sales cycle time is like just getting longer and longer and we can't seem to close deals or you're an innovative high growth company. You're going, oh my gosh, we've decided we're going after a new market share or a new industry. Oh my gosh, we've developed this new product line or service offering. Ding, ding, ding. Time to go back to your message and don't worry about rebranding. In 300 brands that I've done, I've only done two rebrands. And that was only because of a merger and acquisition situation. The uh, other 298 were more of what I call a slight quarter turn, a tightening of the bolt of your brand. Remember that it is living and breathing. Remember, it's about building off of what's already working and enhancing that. And so don't freak out and think, oh, we have to completely go from scratch. Now, just like you've experienced, Jennifer, there are points in time where you need to come back to the drawing board. But instead of feeling like you have to scrap everything, it's really about augmentation and enhancement and more, more systematically clarifying who you are in this moment in time and who you want to reach in this moment in time. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think a lot of businesses have suffered scarring and PTSD from multiple yes. rebrands brought their way by agencies who love to do creative work and have good intentions, but yes. don't understand the cost and impact to a business every single time everything about the brand changes and, yes. and how many steps backward you have to take to move forward again from that. And so there are definitely valid times where a brand must change, evolve. And, and the other thing I love in what you said is that one of the big reasons why there's a small percentage of companies that need a full like rebrand articulation, like one of those big brand disruptor moments is an acquisition or a merger where it's like, it's kind of like getting married, you yes. know, families, right? Suddenly you've got to create something new from sometimes it's like taking somebody's name. Oh, name better, better get evaluated, right? Logo <laughs> needs to get evaluated. Uh-oh, families are merging. In-laws are coming. Right. So 
It's a big deal. And, and I, I often talk with um, our clients about, you know, once you've articulated that first thing, what's our life-changing purpose for existence, that almost never changes. That almost never changes. And even sometimes in mergers and acquisitions, it becomes additive. That's often correct. why your business was acquired, that impact factor, right? That's correct. But That's everything, correct. That, everything that comes out from that purpose, who matters to us? Why do we matter to them? That does change by those quarter turns. And you got to tighten the bolts as your business evolves. That's right. Stay focused on your impact and why you're in existence and why you're in business. It is your true north and north never changes. Right. And that's great. But recognize that it, for you to get to the top of Everest with your company, north may never change, but you may decide to take the valley route one year and the river route the next. And that's okay. Own it, recognize it, get excited about that and decide what's our map right now. What's that strategic plan look like for the next one, two, three years with who we decide we're serving, what we decide we're offering and what value we are creating together. That is it's also true. Um, I couldn't thank you enough for being our guest today, Kate. <laughs> thank you. I know that the people listening are saying this woman's brilliant. She has the answers. She has the questions to ask our business to help us find our answers. So how do I get in touch with her? How do they, <laughs> how do they get in touch with you? Well, there's two easy ways. I think the first thing is you can certainly check out my website and contact me directly there, by the way. And my website is ennoble.com. I'll spell that for you. It is E-N-N-O-B-B-L-E.com. So E-N-N-O-B-B-L-E.com. Or find me on LinkedIn, Kate DeLeo, last name spelled D-I-L-E-O. I would love to hear from you, understand what's going on in your world, and ultimately see how can we support and advocate for each other. And I'm going to encourage everybody to link in with Kate because she really means it when she says that she wants to be a resource for you. She's yeah. a true champion for thank growth you. businesses. So Kate, thank you for sharing your time thank and you. your wisdom and your soul with us today. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.